From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. All right, we're going to get to the topics of atrocities. We're going to get to it. And, uh, you know, after listening to the so-called military intelligentsia, explain away how they killed innocent people, seven of them, children. I almost feel bad that I've been hard on uh, Barack Obama for 90% of his drone strikes killing civilians. Apparently, this is a problem that exists regardless of who the president is. It seems to really thrive under Democrats, though. But then again, that's what Democrats represent, failure and corruption. And the problem we have is what has been adopted by so many people is that there is, in fact, a society where Fabians, those those that we deem to be our betters, are able to make any mistakes they want or any kind of totalitarian dictate they want, and we just accept it, right? See, that's the part I have a hard time with because I love the idea in America the pauper had the same rights, the same freedoms as the prince. That's the beauty of it is that this country was founded where there is no oligarchs. There's not supposed to be. Now, it took 246 years for this to develop, but now it's commonplace. So I'm going to tell you a little little story before we get into why I want to really focus on the mafia that's called the Democrat Party. Years and years ago, I was very lucky in life because I wanted to make money, and I was never covetous. I always would ask how they did it. Whenever I met somebody rich, I'd say, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And I was in the right place and the timing was good. And guys, guys were, um, were willing to tell you how to learn about the economy, how to focus and how to get forward in what my world was chosen was the commodity business. And what happened, the reason I became so political is because The only reason that an economy can actually grow and thrive is because politicians do not encumber it with very bad decisions. So they they really work hand in glove. You can't really focus on an economy without focusing on policies. So very early on, I was invited to a um, to go to a campaign contribution for this guy that was running as a Republican. And I went to this thing and I was young and I was doing okay. and, And the guy that brought me was very wealthy. And we walked in and they all ran to him because what they want is the check. They all want the check. Now, smart guys don't really give a big check. What they do is they get very strategic, the very strategic people who really are going to promote those American principles of freedom in an economy. See, one thing that capitalists all share, the, the honest ones, are that they don't want government interwoven in an economy because once that happens it becomes commonplace for fed chairman to be caught insider trading once you've incentivized the policymaker to make money from his policies by entering an economy illegitimately or illegally it's a runaway train you can never get back and we call that now the american economy today but back then it was just really kind of getting started with the corporatism but what i what i heard from republicans and this is when i was young and they were establishment republicans and some of them are still around is the contempt 
that they had for everybody who wasn't at that party. And that's when I really realized it is a society where there are a group of people, most of whom are in government or they own politicians. And they really do look at you and they look at me and they look at everybody as if they're not smart enough to be in control of their own lives and their own freedoms. Now, the people that really exemplify this are Democrats who look at entire races or entire groups or entire neighborhoods of people. And they look at them and they pander to them and they tell them, you're not good enough, but we're going to help you. We're going to help you because you're not good enough. But I, I think, you, you know, you could be as good as me, of course, with my help and with me in charge of things. And most morons accept that. And th th we call those Democrat voters. But there is something that in a system of corruption, the way in which Chicago and Cook County and Illinois now has become mafia run, it's because the honest people cannot turn to law. It's because law itself has been corrupted. And we talk about this often. It is no coincidence that some of the biggest gangsters pose as lawyers, marry judges, and then they commit the biggest atrocities to a society. And I know you're all thinking Fast Eddie Burke, and you'd be right. But Fast Eddie Burke is just a capo in the Chicago Mafia. The Chicago Mafia is steep, and it's big. But every once in a while, it reveals itself. And I want you to hear something, and I want you to hear, this is from the same judge that told the woman going through a divorce because she was not vaccinated, he was not going to allow her to see her son. That news story got out, and he recanted because he's, you know, he's part of the Irish Mafia. They don't like the light of day. But I want you to hear, this is a new atrocity by the same judge. His name is Shapiro. Mr. Frank is nothing if not professional, so uh, thank you, Mr. Ravenna. Thank you for being uh, on the higher end of, uh, of, of the food chain in terms of self-represented litigants. Have you been back? See, so, so here's what happens. This guy's going through whatever it is. He's in family court, so I don't know what it is, but I think it's a divorce. And he's representing himself. Now, ironically, I've, I've known guys that did this, mostly because they want to aggravate their ex-wife, but sometimes because they cannot afford an attorney. So this is a judge talking to a guy who, for one reason or another, decided to represent himself. So he's offended at that because, after all, you should have that license to steal that we call a law license in order to stand before his honor. So I want you to hear the way he thinks of this man. Vaccinated, Mr. Hamburg? That is a personal question. In order for me to answer that, you'd be violating HIPAA. You re, you know that, right? No, I would not by, be violating that's, HIPAA, that's, Mr. Hamburg. That's, that's not true. It's that's another very, myth that's well, been fed it, on social so you, media. Are you that's telling me that it's true. not personal? Okay. Are you, you've answered the question by not answering it, Mr. Hamburg. Have I? Okay. <laughs> My IQ Excuse is me. not that low, so I have not answered that mm -hmm. question, sir. Well, you, you have not, but you have by not answering it, sir. It would behoove you to get vaccinated, sir. You want to improve your credibility. And it's not a personal question, and it's not because it affects other people, sir. Okay? And it does not violate HIPAA. I have family members that are nurses and doctors, and I consulted with them. And so as it relates to my personal health, I have to make my own decisions. But I'd if you very, assume, if I'd you, be very surprised if you consulted with a doctor who advised you not to get vaccinated. It would not be a surprise if you consulted with a nurse who did not get vaccinated. So he's insulting numerous people. He's insulting numerous people, and he is, he is advocating that it, in order to be a good member of society, you should bend knee to these Fabians, 
these intellectual tyrants in our society who should be able to make all the decisions because, after all, they are the best for society. So this is Judge, and uh, this judge is really quite interesting to me, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. He's um, one of two judges who's involved in an indictment of Alderman Ed Burke. When Ed Burke was indicted, you remember Ed Burke? Yeah. This is how you know it is an absolute mafia. And I'm wondering, do the short-in-the-pants Irish mafia, do they feel that their organized crime, as I see it, is good for society? See, because when, um, this, when Ed Burke was indicted, it turns out two sitting Cook County Circuit judges and three retired judges are partners in a company with attorneys, including the indicted Ed Burke. You know what the name of the company is? Table of Wisdom, LLC. Now, do you know the arrogance in just naming it? Now, they sit around with their cigars as they carve up whatever money they've extorted from people who, are, who have been knuckled under, under the onerous property taxes where they have to hire Ed Burke and this team of lawyers, where they actually are getting a piece of the so-called money they save when they bring the, tr- the case before judges. Yet here we have judges and attorneys, all part of an investment firm. The investment club, formed by the group of longtime friends, who regularly met for breakfast and decided to pool their money together to invest in certain things. Wouldn't you like to know what these investments are? Does anybody want to want to make a bet? I, I like to speculate. It's a curse. I'm guessing these investments had a lot to do with real estate. I'm guessing they had a lot to do with real estate in very, very blighted areas where they were able to get the property for pennies on the dollar. I'm just guessing. I mean, I have... Who knows? I'm sure some of those tax auction properties were in good neighborhoods, too. See, that's how this game is operated, right? So the Cook County judge, one of them, is Judge Michael Tooman, T-O-O-M-I-N. You know who he is? He's the same judge who resided over when Richard Daly's nephew killed the 98-pound kid when he punched him in the face and he pleaded uh, involuntary manslaughter. He got punished really bad. He had to go to California and work for Rahm Emanuel's brother as a movie producer. I don't know how he could handle that judge. But this particular judge, Cook County Judge James Shapiro, he hears family law cases. That's interesting, right? How many people have gone through family law problems when they get divorced? How many of the foot soldiers of the Irish Mafia have gone through a divorce where they went in front of this judge? Wouldn't that be interesting to know? And I wonder if you went through all of this guy's cases, how he ruled when the Irish Mafia foot soldiers were in front of him. I wonder how many spouses got the short end of the stick. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. After all, there's that Chinese wall. No, no, no. They invest together. Then they negotiate property taxes. Then some of them are aldermen. Some of them can use their political sway to get different benefits for the very investments. This is all really above board. And you know what? He gets to be called honorable. And then he gets to talk down to people about what's good for society. The whole time being the cancer in society that has destroyed the city of Chicago and the shameful joke of a county, Cook County. Now, I might not be smart enough to make a decision, according to him, whether I should get a vaccine or not. But I am smart enough to see what this is. This is organized mafia, in my opinion, with all due respect to the disgrace, the dishonorable, the typical Cook County Democrat judge. I want all their names, and I want a forensic audit of every case this pseudo-intellectual, short-in-the-pants moron 
has ruled on. I want to see where all the money is. So when you hire these 87,000 IRS agents and you go after honest men who make money, why don't you start with Cook County judges and aldermen and their investment groups that they name after because they think they're so smart. You're so smart. Tell me more about the vaccine, you two-bit crook. Tell me more. I'm getting awful tired of having these guys tell me right from wrong. Well, they are the perpetrators of organized crime, in my opinion, with all due respect. 312-642-5600. You can read this article for yourself. Ironically, September 11th, 2020. Chicago Sun-Times is where the article is. And what it says is, this is the best, this is my favorite part about it. And it's, it's from an adjunct professor who was once a, a lawyer. Although it, it may look bad, it's not illegal in Illinois for judges and lawyers to be a part of an investment group. Mm-hmm. It's not illegal. What, you think maybe the, the FBI, or as it's known in my neighborhood, Forever Bothering Italians, Wants to look at this, or is this because so many of those FBI agents are Irish too? I'm sorry, is it is it okay to think? Seems to me that these Irish guys got that whole city locked up. Locked up. And I'm sorry if I'm offending any of the Irish guys, but most of them know I'm exactly correct. And I will be back in town. I'm not saying this because i am got the security of mileage. I would love to discuss it, so feel free. Um, because the reality is, this is obvious. I'm not smart enough, though, to make my own decisions over my own health or anything else. I should I should just take it. Because nurses apparently in Houston and elsewhere are refusing to get vaccinated. That speaks a lot to their intelligence level. And I would not want to be treated by a nurse who refused to get vaccinated. If- I wouldn't want to be before a judge who's part of the Irish mafia, in my opinion. I wouldn't want to be before a judge who's invested with crooked aldermen, obviously crooked alderman in fact i think the whole damn cook county is run by this gangster mafia what do you think of that and it's really quite obvious and you know what else i'd like to do judge i'd like to take a look at all your past cases and i'd really really like to look at your financial disclosures and then i'd like to see how many of those properties if there are any properties have been given a tax waiver of any kind using the law firm that has been under investigation yet never seems to go to trial. Hmm. Who gets to make the decision over the trial? Judges. You think they, they are a, a, a top head away from looking like a lucky charm box? What do you think? I think that's what it looks like to me. It looks like you're all just a top head away from the lucky charm and that flower shop that the Irish gangsters used to run booze out of when they pretended to blame it was only the Italians. I could be silly. That's just me. Richard in Blue Island. Yeah. Hey, Sean, I was wondering, uh, we get to vote in, you know, local elections and, you know, judges get, you know, voted for, you know, retention or not retention. Can we vote to not retain uh, Judge Shapiro? Richard, how many, how many votes, how many, how many honest people vote for the judges? Who votes for the judges are the municipal workers who owe their livelihood and their mystical, magical retirement plan. They insist on calling a pension to the Irish mafia. You think they're going to vote them out? They got their marching orders. They go in with an index card. And they vote for everybody who's a part of that mafia. I'd love to pretend that somehow the, just, the, the voting system is going to save you. But, brother, Cook County, Illinois, you think the justice system is going to go for what? A Republican judge? Thanks, Richard. I love the, uh, I love the optimism, but I'm going to tell you it's wrong.
Nick, Northwest Side. Hey, hello, and uh, I wish you well. <laughs> you got to be uh, making ways for a lot of people, man. I'm not, really I'm not concerned. Listen, I know a lot. Listen, I got. I have a good friend of mine, Pat the Irishman. I love him to death, but he knows all this. Okay. He knows all this. He's from the south okay. side. So the guys who are going to come okay. up, who are who's going to come up? The union thugs, or the or the or the the municipal well, mafia guys? Uh, Listen, before they come up, do me a favor. Probably. I want them all to check yeah. their wife's jewelry box because I have a Gucci black on black with an alligator band, circa nineteen eighty six. I cannot find. Now I didn't go to the south side often, but whenever I did, I was always batting a thousand. Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say that uh, first. You mentioned, uh, as I told the sprinter, uh, Fast Eddie. Uh, that name is usually applied to Verduliak, Ed Verduliak. He was called Fast Eddie Verduliak. Did I say Fast Eddie? Fast I meant Eddie. Viagra Eddie. Sorry, I didn't mean Fast oh, Eddie. I meant Viagra Eddie. <laughs> All right? That's my middle name. Yeah, how'd you know that? But anyhow, uh, and then I was going to say many of these politicians at different levels. We see the ones up on the national, federal level. Uh, even though many Republicans are talented people and have successful businesses, even uh, though they got into politics, uh, but uh, even the, some of them have uh, contacts here and there, and 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 the the politics, you know, pays off, you know. So uh, it, it's there's an not article right now. Fed officials own stock in numerous companies the government was investing in. This is this is it, this is from Powell. Federal Chairman Powell, all the feds of all these little things, they all have were front-running the federal money to these companies. You think owning a business is how you get rich? No, no, no. This is how you get rich. Not The, the, the guys who work, and they may employ 100 people, they may employ 1,000 people, they're still struggling to make payroll. They've had their cost of their insurance quintuple if they're lucky. They're barely getting by. Those are the guys that make the world go around. Those are the honest, small business people. Those are the ones who always pay the cost. This shenanigans is not capitalism. This is fraud. This is illegal. But we pretend it's legal. And in Cook County, when you talk to the lawyer, the, the law, who are you talking to? You're talking to the guy in on the scam. You kidding me? It's one giant scam. Lloyd, Indiana. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Hey, I'm listening to all this uh, criminal stuff going on. It reminds me of an episode with Star Trek where I think uh, Kwame Raoul is trying to be the black Captain Kirk. They go back in time. It's the 1920s. Everybody's packing. They're all gangsters. Woman's even got a Tommy gun in a baby carriage. Well, I don't think you have to go back, Lloyd. Have you ever been to the Viagra Triangle and seen any of these guys or their relatives or their lobbyists? They all dress like it's 1929. It might as well be 1929. The problem is we're supposed to have a judicial system. We're supposed to have a federal bureau of investigation. Where are they? This story's a year old. Where are they? Madigan, you knew what he was doing. Everybody knew what he was doing for 50 years. You think he'll spend a day? I certainly don't. And who are you going to turn to? The court system? Brooklyn, you are out of order. You're out of order. You're out of order. The whole trial is out of order. They're out of order. That man, that sick, right, crazy, depraved man. That's exactly what they are. Sick, crazy, depraved. And I'm sorry. It's obvious what they really are. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Now listen, I'm uh, I'm instructing Money, our new producer, to throw out all this music, Mark Cortez, although we love him, and he will be with us on Monday. However, right now, I am very excited 
to have John Lott, founder of Crime Prevention Research Center, served in the Trump administration as a senior advisor for research and statistics. Nobody is better in the Office of Justice Programs for the United States Department of Justice. John, how are you? Doing great. Good to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you. So um, FBI abusing no-fly list. Can you uh, enlighten me on exactly what atrocity is happening now? Well, uh, they have something called the terror watch list. And I guess the surprising thing now is that there are approximately 2 million names that have gotten on the list. Uh, it's grown tremendously since it was first started uh, in 2003. And, uh, you know, I think most people, when they hear that somebody's name is on the terror watch list, they have certain images about what the person might be involved with. What you need to understand is that it's gone way beyond kind of what uh, the original motivations were. So if you have somebody in one of some 20 government agencies want to go and talk to somebody because they might know somebody who might be involved in some type of terrorist activity, simply because they want to talk to that person who isn't directly involved themselves, uh, their name may be put on the list. And there's no oversight uh, that's there, uh, you know, just because some agent wants to have your name on the list, it can be put on the list. Um, I suppose what's concerning right now at the moment is uh, back in 2015 and 2016, Democrats tried a couple times in Congress to ban anybody whose name was on the list from being able to go and purchase a gun. And, you know, it's understandable if you hear somebody's on the terror sure. watch list. I mean, why would you want them to be able to go and purchase a gun? Um Republicans uh, defeated at the time, and Republicans had their own version, which was essentially the same as what the Democrats wanted, but with one exception, and that was for somebody's name to be put on the list, you'd have to have uh, some type of judicial hearing that would be there, where a judge would see the evidence. No kind of uh, adversarial hearing, where you have lawyers from both sides questioning it, but just the government would have to go in provide a, a judge that information, the judge would sign off on it. Um, but even though judges are often rubber stamps for that type of information, um, that was a bridge too far for the Democrats, and they voted against it. The problem that you face right now is that there's rumblings uh, that the Democrats, with the current budget bill, since they're going to get it through reconciliation, I mean, before... These were budget bills which went through normal process, and therefore you could filibuster parts of it. But now uh, it looks like they're going to ram this through. Uh, I mean, they are going to ram the budget bills through with, I agree just, with you. Uh, what they call reconciliation, which just involves simple majority votes. And since the Democrats control both the House and the Senate, you know, they if they all vote for it, they could get any types of amendments up. And there's it's obvious that they're doing other things, such as red flag laws. Uh, they're going to be including money uh, in the budget. In fact, in this $3.5 trillion entitlement uh, budget that they have, um, they have money 
that the uh, Department of Justice is going to dole out to encourage states to adopt these so-called red flag laws. Um, and, uh, you know, who John, knows that was, what else we'll see in the end. When this was signed into law, there was a Republican governor in Illinois. And I knew that the moment it was into law, it had the potential to be used against people who spoke against the state. I mean, the reality is, once these, these are embedded in law, we know one thing for certain that we've witnessed throughout history. It is expanded to make mistakes and to include numerous people, much like the terror list. Now, is there any statistic, the no-fly list, that, is there any statistic of to how many people they've gotten wrong on their terror list? Oh, no, they don't keep track of those types of things. I mean, I can tell you for the federal background checks for guns, the error rate that's there, because when I was working in the Department of Justice, I got to see these types of things. And so you'll often hear that there have been 3.8 million prohibited people that have been stopped from buying guns because of background checks. That's simply false. What they should say is there have been 3.8 million initial denials and something over 99% of those are mistakes. It's one thing to stop a felon from buying a gun. It's another one thing to stop somebody simply because they have a roughly phonetically similar name and similar birthday to a felon from buying a gun. And, I mean, these mistakes are rampant. There's really no reason you should have these. Uh, all you have to do to fix it is required that the federal government have to meet the same standards for doing background checks that private companies have to meet. If private companies, when they do criminal background checks on employees, had an error rate that was one hundredth the error rate that the federal government has, they'd be sued out of existence under federal law. But Democrats will fight you tooth and nail against what I consider to be an extremely reasonable fix to this. And the thing is, it's primarily minorities who are being discriminated against. Uh, I saw data that indicated that the error rate for black males was more than three times their share of the population. For Hispanic males, it was like two and a half times their share of the population. And, you know, you can go and appeal when the government makes these mistakes, but the vast majority of people are going to have to hire a lawyer to do it. And you're talking about starting costs of like $3,000 on up uh, for a lawyer to do it because the the process is just too complicated for the vast majority of people to handle. And so you may want to have a gun, and you may know that you're completely innocent, but is it really worth $3,000 or more for you to go and hire a lawyer so that you can have a gun for protection? Well, I think it basically that... means that poor and middle-income class blacks and Hispanic males are being, through no fault of their own, being prevented from having a gun to protect themselves and their families. And this is all predicated upon information that the FBI has provided. One thing that was certain, unequivocal to me, is that the upper echelon of the, upper echelon of the FBI is very political. I don't think that yeah. is even arguable anymore. So the potential... Uh, it's more than just the upper, ep ep uh, upper the echelon. top of it. I... I uh, you know, you kind of ask yourself, how is it possible that the FBI could go and spy on a presidential campaign uh, without having some leaks or some whistleblower out there? And the answer is pretty simple, and that is everybody 
there agrees with each other politically. I mean, you go and you read these statements uh, that come out from those things where they talk about, you know, hating people that would buy things at Walmart or hating Republicans or whatever that's there. And But the problem is, at least in my stay in D.C., in, in the Department of Justice this last year, the very beginning of this year, is it's not just limited to the top. Uh, I I dealt pretty exclusively with people in the data part of uh, of the FBI, and uh, you know they uh, you'd point out errors to them and they just wouldn't fix them. I, so I was just talking to you about getting this data on uh, on errors in the background check system, and um, when I got, went to Washington, it's one of the things I wanted to do was to get the data, and uh, we. I got the Bureau of Justice Statistics to go and ask the FBI for the data, and the FBI said, no, they weren't interested. They didn't think it was an interesting question. And our response was, well, you know, it's not up to you to decide. We're asking you for this data. The Bureau of Justice Statistics, it's their job to go and get this data. And the FBI said, look, you know, why would anybody want to break down anything by race and gender? And my response is, you guys break down everything by race and gender. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to break this down? And we went back and forth for weeks, and uh, then they just stopped responding. They wouldn't respond to emails to try to go and get this information. I mean, I could go through the whole story, but it lasted for months. Finally, <clears throat> I got pressure to put on them uh, to go and work with us on this stuff. And but these guys aren't stupid. They don't. They, they kept on telling me and us that, look, uh, we're sure the Biden administration is not going to be interested. This was kind of even after the election, and so there's no point in you go and doing this. They wanted us to fill out a FOIA request, and they said this is one part of the Department of Justice asking another part of the Department of Justice for data that's their job to give, and and if. They said, well, you got to fill out a Freedom of Information Act request. You're in the media. You know, this is the type of thing reporters fill out in mm. order to go and get data. And, uh, and, and they said, but even if you can fill it out today, there's like no way we're going to be able to get this done until after January 20th. And we're sure the Biden administration won't be interested in this. So I finally got pressure on them to go and, and work with us. But what would happen is they would go and give us some data, and then we'd see that there were errors, there were problems with the data. And we'd go back to them and say, oh, we were meaning to call you up. We're glad you saw that. We're sorry about the mistakes. We'll fix them. Uh, we'll get it back to you. This is data that they should have been able to pull up in like an hour. Absolutely. And, and, and they'd come back a week later, and there'd still be errors. And then they go back and fix it again, and they come back a week later, and there'd still be errors. Intentional and grinding. On, from, yeah. Just and they kept time. on doing that until uh, the Trump people were out and the Biden people were in, and they killed the project. We should take notes from them. See, what I like about you is most people don't know you're you're actually an economist. You went to the University of Chicago. You went to Yale. You've done all of this. And now that you've worked in government, is there any question in your mind? That government doesn't work for us. We work for them. I've worked in the federal government twice. I worked in the federal government during the 1980s. I was chief economist for the United States Sentencing Commission. 
and I've worked now. And, um, uh, you know, uh, the federal government was not kind of an open, friendly place for people that might view themselves as conservatives in the 80s. But it's really hostile when I went back. Um, I can't tell you. I mean, uh, I'd have times back in the 80s where I disagree with somebody and they disagree with me and we'd go and kind of talk it out. And if I could point out errors in what they had done, they'd go and fix them. Yeah, um, we're past that now. When I would get into when I get into similar discussions this last tour of duty, uh, I had people when I point out errors, they would. Re- I literally had people a couple times tell me, "Well, I'm a Democrat," and it's like, <laughs> and that's an answer. I mean, either yeah. the data is right or wrong here. Okay, we need to fix this. What are we supposed to do? You say you're a Democrat, and I'm supposed to say I'm a Republican, and that's the way we yeah. discuss these things? I mean, it's just it was just surreal going and dealing with people this time. And, uh, um, you know, it's and there are errors. You'd point out errors in multiple things, and they would not fix it. Well, if, John, if I am going to uh, lead a secession movement, and you are going to be my statistician, because nobody's better. Don't be mad at me. I could talk to you for hours. I am up against a break. I want to thank you so much for sure. joining me. And please make sure. me one of the stops when you release your new book, because I'm pretty sure you got to be working on one. You write some good stuff. So I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, John Lott, for joining me. There is the upside of the Donald Trump administration right there. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, these bureaucracies. What is this? Are we jamming now? It is Friday. We could jam. These bureaucracies that we pretend work and represent the people are all politicized. That's just the fact, Jack. From military intelligence, the idea that Millie justified calling the Chinese patent for lack of a better phrase, General Lee, there's a shock, General Lee, because he knew him for five years, so you knew the enemy for five years, so you circumvent Trump, because why? Well, you're a Democrat. They're Democrats. The FBI are Democrats. Do you think the EPA is? Do you think OSHA is? You know who created him, right? Nixon. You know how he created him? Executive order. I contend... They're not legal. The Congress didn't create these bureaucracies. They were created by fiat. It's time to start attacking these bureaucracies with law. With law. It's time to challenge them every step of the way. And you're not going to do it by marching on a downtown uh, Washington where they control everything. That's a mistake. This, this, this going to the Capitol, big mistake. All right, listen, uh, I went long with John Lott, but I thought it was crucially important to do so. So I screwed up the clock. It's on me. It's not Diapers Biden this time. It's me. So when I get back, I'm going to take your calls, and we're going to continue this, and we're going to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt. It's not just the upper echelon and major players in the FBI who now have the ability to surveil you eight ways to Tuesday and use their opinion of your politics against your rights as a citizen. It's all the bureaucracies. And that's why, in my opinion, you have to go to high ground and states that are going to protect the American principles we love. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... 
with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. During the break, I always look at the news. I always monitor the news. I even do it while I'm driving, I confess. I haven't heard from Adam Kinzinger. Anybody hear anything from Adam Kinzinger? Did you know Adam Kinzinger, you know the committees that he bought from the RNC that now he sits on? You know, that's how they get on the committees. Um, House Energy and Commerce Committee. Hmm. Anybody know how he stands on uh, Joe Biden's new takeover of the economy in the name of climate swindle? He also sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Anybody uh, get any Kinzinger thoughts on Millie's treason? Are we pretending that's not treason? I mean, I'm not. I also don't think he's ever going to be reprimanded. I don't think it'll go anywhere. I certainly don't think there'll be a committee on it. You know, like the one for the weaponless insurrection. But um, I was listening to Fox, and I love Maria Bartiroma. I do. The money bunny. And um, she's wonderful, and she had on a Democrat. Her name is Debbie Dingle. I like that name. It makes me smile. And Debbie Dingle is from Michigan. She sits on, she bought from the DNC, a bunch of committees, health, consumer protection. But she sits on the, on the same one as, uh, as Kinzinger. And they're going to take on the environment and climate change and uh, exactly how they're going to swindle us and how they're going to use this as a weapon against the American people. It's the same way in which J.B. Pritzker, necklace that he is, just agreed to enrich the very company that really owns the Chicago Mafia Democrat Party. So they're going to create this entire new economy. They're going to tax us all. They're going to raise our costs on everything. And then they're going to pretend to be a victim. And use words like transitory, and it'll be best for everybody. The reality is, these political whores that are making this decision are profiting eight ways from this. They're not only profiting financially. They're not only profiting by now holding the reins of everything in the economy. You are going to be in control of everybody who wants to go into business. What they've done to this economy over the last 18 months can never be undone. They have destroyed small business. These new increases that they've hidden in this 10,000-page bill that every one of these morons are going around telling you how wonderful it's going to be if only they could bankrupt our nation to keep us competitive with China, ironically enough. And um, it's, it's winning under the guise of this, this fake altruism, and it sickens me. I thought... I always overestimate us. I always think there's going to be a breaking point. We're going to say, nah, enough is enough already. You have tried all of your schemes and all of your systems and all of your nonsense, and we see you for self-enriching, self-aggrandizing politicians who are misusing power. And we have these restrictions in place that we think are going to stop them, whether we think it's a debt ceiling or we think it's an election cycle. And what you're coming to realize is they are, they are beyond any kind of stopping at this point. They can do whatever they want to do. They are forcing this down our throat at a rate that you're never going to bounce back from. Because once these laws are in place, 
How do you ever pull them back? Can anybody name a law that was put in place by a bureaucracy in the name of some utopian society that's ever been stripped back? The more they lose, the more money, the more people. Prohibition, I want to count it. But look at how they scam the liquor purchasing for for companies. Did you know? In fact, they kept that mafia still alive. If you own a restaurant, you can't go out and buy booze anywhere. My Misty yelled in my ear, prohibition. You can't go out and buy booze everywhere. You have to go to their distributor, their liquor distributor. It's a government monopoly. See, the government, that's what it really is. The government is a monopoly, not just of law, but of taxation and the economy itself. It is to the point now where you cannot go into business without bribing them everywhere. Everywhere. Can you imagine what it's going to be like now that they have figured out how to use your exhaling and your very existence as a weapon against you? For our part in America, I'm working to pass historic investment and to modernize our climate resilient infrastructure to build a... Who the hell... Did you know we have a climate resilient infrastructure? So we're going to revitalize it. Well, how long have we had it? Does it need to be revitalized? See, because this is the same party that advocates we chop down trees, we chop down trees, and we burn it to pretend it's green energy. They're chopping, they're chopping right now, they're chopping down thousands upon tens of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of individual trees and forests to do something called biomass that is a scam. They're pretending it's green as they destroy our own forests. I remember when hippies were mad about the rainforests in South America. Now we're cutting down our own in the name of green energy. This is a scheme in which you're not only going to be cut out of it, you're going to pay to enrich them and all the companies they have an interest in. This could be, next to, the, next to insurance, government insurance, this could be the greatest financial swindle perpetrated on the American people. Clean energy future that creates millions of jobs and ushers in new industries of the future. As part of this work, the United States is committed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions between 50 and 52 percent below 2005 levels by the year 2030. And, uh, you know, we've set a goal that uh, by 2025, our power sector will be with, uh, free of carbon. And 2030, 50 percent of the cars sold in the United States, we believe, should be and must be electric vehicles. Now, this is coming from a year that had the best numbers by their crooked scale for the so-called climate in 100 years. We were shut down. Everything was shut down. See, that's what this is about. This is about using this fake scale as a weapon to shut you down at their whim with, their, with just their attention on you. And all of the things he's discussing are built on the false science of CO2 being bad for the environment. In fact, there are numerous, numerous studies where scientists from all over the world think that the Earth actually needs CO2. And the other thing that you can never stop is the evaporation of water. The Earth is 70% water. We can never stop that. All that they can ever do is stop you this isn't about growing an economy or creating jobs. This is about creating a problem that can never be funded enough.
so that they can use that problem against you in perpetuity. The finding from the new intergovernmental panel on climate change represents... Every one of that panel, every one of them is paid to give information and data that they want. The information and data that contradicts their mission is never heard. It's never heard from. A code red for humanity. And, and the time to act is really narrowing, as the secretary just pointed out, to get too close to a point of no return. We don't have a lot of time. So we have to act. We're always in a hurry. We got to act. We don't have a lot of time. After all, we got to build back we better. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. We have to compete. This is the moron that we're going to let be in charge of this. The whole time never addressing, never addressing the questions we all have. Doesn't it seem awful familiar? Like with the virus, like with the masks, like with socialism itself, with every single one of their failures. Failures, And I didn't even mention Solyndra, which we all know was a boondoggle. Was it so long ago we don't remember? Created out of an office. We all know that uh, uh, McCullough, who's now running again, was involved in a swindle with Hillary Clinton's brother. Another green energy electric car swindle. They didn't own a car. They didn't have a building. It's all the same. It's the same players. And the repercussion for it, I can't figure out why it's still winning. Why this argument is still winning. When we have 70 years of the eco-Nazis being wrong, absolutely and unequivocally wrong. So you're not in a panic over uh, the icebergs melting and the sea levels rising and... I promise you, 20 years from today, I'll be the one that's laughing. The icebergs, the ice caps at the poles are not going to melt. The oceans are not going to flood the coast. People are not going to die. We're not going to have global climate change that cuts off the food supply we're not going to have thousands of species eliminated as they no but politicians can do all that politicians can do all of that and they are they've already created an economic chaos that no one talks about because because we've adopted it it is a it is an abuse we can tolerate so we already pretend that what they've done hasn't harmed us and changed the trajectory of america it has already and their predictions have always been wrong that clip is from 15 years ago. Every person now giving us advice of how bad it's going to be predicted we'd never see 2013. Every one of them had, had promised Armageddon if we didn't fix things by 2009. It's always the same nonsense. And the pushback, I still can't figure out why. It is to tolerate this as if we hope they just don't get around to it. Please, please don't abuse me, please. I'm sorry, I'm not going to wait for my abuser. To not hit me to figure out it's it, it, it it's going to be a good day. That's not how I judge it. This needs to be ripped out. This agenda needs to be ripped out. This bill that I have confidence will pass, unfortunately. It needs to be fought every minute of every day because we've got about seven days. Seven days to maybe ten days. And once this is implemented, once those 15,000 pages of ambiguity become law, you are in a straitjacket. And the quicksand of this failure... This time, I don't see a way out. Do you? 312-642-5600. I'll be back. The people in charge feel that they are righteous in their quest. It is irrelevant, the data. They don't want to hear 
the reality of their predictions being wrong for 70 years. This moron from Michigan, Debbie Dingle. I love it. National, she, she sits on the board. They buy these committee memberships. Climate change, natural resources. She's a member of the subcommittee on national parks, forests, public lands, subcommittee on water, oceans, wildlife. Do you realize the power that these people have? The way in which they're controlling every aspect of this country, a country which they are determined to practice degrowth, not growth. Ironically, as they implode the system with people from all around the world, they refuse to allow this nation to grow organically from the citizens' achievement in adapting to products and services that are efficient to the consumer. This is about control. It is not about the climate. And the fact that they do not want to have the conversation and review the data that proves them wrong, aside from the, our very reality that we exist today, that the seas have not risen, that they all own mansions seaside, that Al Gore took his house green in 2006 and doubled his own electric bill and, in fact, uses enough electricity in a month that is one year of the average home in Tennessee. One year in one month. The hypocrisy isn't because they like to live like oligarchs. They do. It's because they know they've got this tiger by the tail. And the intentions of the average citizen is to always protect the earth and the environment. The problem is they're living on lies and it is selling to the American people at a time we cannot afford it. This bill that sits before the American people is, in fact, the death blow. There's no question in my mind. Because in it gives power to all of these idiots, all of these corrupted people that we know are corrupted. When you see them before you, they're all multi-multi-millionaires. None of them have worked in the private sector. None of them. And if it is, maybe, maybe it's a very small percentage. And what are they fighting for, like Ron Johnson? He's fighting for capitalism. He's fighting for Americanism. And they are put off into what? They're a cult? I asked a question here uh, about this rise of populism, whether there's any possibility for a return to cross-party politics um, and reaching out across the aisle when there seem to be such fundamentally different perspectives of what's happened. I mean, uh, uh, what is driving this polarization? What, what can America do to overcome it? What can Democrats do to overcome it and not be part of it, if you see what I'm saying? Well, I would say to my Republican friends, and I do have some, uh, <laughs> take back your party. The Republican Party, the grand old party, uh, is, uh, made tremendous contributions to our country, founded by Lincoln. But over the years, tremendous contribution to our country. Don't let your party be hijacked by a cult. That's what we are. You're a cult if you if you refute their corruption. You're a cult if you refute their mafia. If you refute the fact that they're wrong, they're simply wrong. And they don't want to have that discussion. And you know what? They don't have to. They're large and in charge. We're simply the slaves. Diane and Lombard. Are you hey, talking to me? Yes. Oh, hi. So, question. The tip off was um, I said, I see a letter. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I'm kidding. I didn't hear that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I have a question. I see a letter dated the 10th um, from Missouri Bank that says, we don't normally engage in topics in politics, but there's a matter pending in Congress, and it boils down to any transaction, $600 or more, whether it's a withdrawal or deposit at your bank will rep be reported to the IRS. Yeah, Have you, you heard that? 
Do you think the IRS is going to look at the the wisdom table of the Democrat mafia judges and lawyers that are hooked up with Eddie Burke, or do you think they're going to look at Diane and Sean and Macbeth and anybody who speaks against the state? I mean, is that why they're hiring 80000 in yeah. with the IRS? Yeah. You know what we should do? Somebody leak to those morons that are dressed like their sister in Antifa and BLM and the rest of these crackpots to defund the IRS. Just whisper it in their ear. Defund the IRS. <laughs> and then let them burn a bunch of cities, and maybe they'll listen then. What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right. See, Diana, uh, we could any, any, any port in the store, right? And we could come up with a solution. Thank you. Dan in his car. Sean. Yes. Hey, this is Dan. We actually spoke a few weeks ago. I'll um, never forget I'm it. I'm an over-the-road truck driver. I remember. And the mandates, well, I, I guess I want the people out there to know that the mandates that they're getting ready to force down our throat or trying to force down our throat are going to be absolutely crippling. Dan, I, you know what? I want I to take, take this time for you to educate the listeners as to how much it costs you as a trucker, how much it costs the people who hire you to drive across state lines, how much those licenses are, what happens when you have to weigh in, how much the uh, the highway, what is the bureau of the highway, uh, whatever the bureau. highway is. usage tax. Yeah, how much all of that adds up if you had to guesstimate in a month, in one month, for you. Are you talking just... For all me, the or fees, are you talking about across the board for across the board. Period? How much? How much fees and taxes you pay in a month to the government in total? Across the board, if you're talking all trucking companies out there, it's in the trillions. You yeah, know, but, it's this is the this is the most regulated business in the United States. We right. pay for every road. We pay for every bit of infrastructure. When it comes, when they start talking about highway use tax, diesel tax, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it this way: I stopped and fueled my truck today from a quarter from quarter tank. So about two hundred gallons of fuel cost me almost a thousand dollars. And and diesel that, is about forty five percent tax, right? Correct. <laughs> Depending on the state. Hmm. So the government I mean, made four hundred and fifty dollars from you filling up just in gas, yes. not including the tolls, not including the licensing. What happens when you weigh in? How does that work when you pull in a weigh-in station? Well, now that depends too. That goes state by state. Um, if you go through the, or if you go through a scale house and they pull you around back and they do an inspection, they could find something as simple as a light bulb being out, and it could be a two hundred and fifty dollar ticket. Dan, now you listen. figure. Everything. I got to go. I went long with you, Dan. I love the calls. You oh, know, no I appreciate it because you are the people that put this country. You're the one that make it work. You're the one that makes morons be able to go into a store and look at food from all over the world. Yet the Democrats can't tax this guy enough, can't put him out of business fast enough, can't use eco-Nazism to make all the costs of his products go through the roof. Alright, I, I, I interrupted um, the moron in diapers, mainly because I think it's very difficult to pretend that this man's capable of doing anything. And then when he speaks about changing the economy 
forever. I have a hard time. So let's go to the end. The finding from the new intergovernmental panel on climate change represents a code red for humanity. Did you order the code red? Yeah, he ordered it. He ordered the code red. He paid for the code red. These so-called scientists are nothing more than just lobbyists with lab coats. If I give you enough money, you'll eat a banana and drop off a fruit salad, won't you? Low life. You've been lying to us for decades upon decades. Remember Al Gore? If we don't change things by 2009, we'll never see 2012. Wrong. But boy, oh boy, what did he get, a billion? Is he worth a billion? Some people say he's worth a billion. I think it's easy. I think it's easy selling this snake oil, this nonsense, this this chicken little propaganda. The whole time creating companies like uh, like McAuliffe out of an office making millions of government money. Just, just pours in because you say green. And before you know it, your kid could be a congressman out of uh, the suburbs in Illinois where the housewives love to vote away their children's future. It's really disgraceful. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean. Um, I, I, I can confirm what the woman asked before about the IRS. My uh, sister had a, <clears throat> a salon out in the suburbs, and uh, the IRS came because she had a bookkeeper who was, like, uh, foreign, and um, <laughs> apparently they didn't check the receipts. <laughs> uh, not that there's anything wrong with foreign bookkeepers, but apparently there was. And she was keeping all the cash, and she did so for years and years. Anyway, um, turns out they owed 400 grand. And they never had to return. They never had to repay any of it. And I think it's because she's a very staunch, very politically active. Well, Candace, you might have just broken the future because, hey, if that's the case, whenever you get caught, just say you're a Democrat. I mean, we are from Chicago, right? They'll buy it. Thank you. I like it. Candace just told us all how to do that. I'm sure there's other things involved, like, for instance, a bankruptcy. Call me silly, but if you owe the IRS four hundred grand, that's enough to tip over some 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 steep pockets. But I had mentioned in passing, and I'll take your calls. But I had mentioned in passing about the biomass, which is a very very large part of the agenda of the Fourth Reich and the eco Nazis. And biomass is truly an evil that we cannot imagine. They are destroying the Northwest, the Northeast. They are destroying beautiful, beautiful states in this country under the guise of somehow a green energy program when the fact of the matter is they're destroying forests. And you know where the Sierra Club is? They own interests in the biomass companies. It is absolutely an atrocity. The biomass industry is a disaster for climate change, for forests, and for our local communities. Well, you've got an industry that's grown up because of a tremendous amount of government subsidies for a carbon policy that makes no sense. That biomass energy is seen as a carbon neutral option, it's a pure political decision. If you're interested in reducing emissions now, then burning something that puts more carbon into the air than the thing you're replacing, which is coal, doesn't make sense. By reliably providing... See, that's important what you said. When they burn it... It releases more carbon in the air than coal. Coal is cleaner for the environment than biomass. Not to mention, it doesn't have to be subsidized and created. 
by the political profiteers we call politicians. But then again, they wouldn't be able to become worth $50 million, $10 million. How much is Andrew Kinzinger worth? He sits on a lot of these committees. Anybody ever know what he's worth? Customers throughout the world with an alternative to coal, Inviva is part of a cleaner, greener, low-carbon energy future. The only green in this industry is the enormous amount of money that these speculators are making. It's about what the atmosphere sees. That's the only thing that matters here is what does the atmosphere see? How much carbon is the atmosphere seeing when you burn different kinds of fuel? And it's just a fact that there's more carbon coming out of the stack when you burn wood than when you burn coal. By the way, this is put together by people who were in the environmental movement for decades that realize it is, in fact, a fraud, just like the Michael Moore documentary, Planet of the Humans, that realizes wind is a fraud, solar is inefficient. They also realize that where they have the biggest problems are in the areas that are the most dependent on the so-called carbon neutral, which is a word salad of deception. There is no such thing. There is release CO2 into the air that has nothing to do with human beings, forests, trees, oceans, yet they want you to be at fault because that way they can restrain you, they can tax you, they can limit you, which is the mission of the Fourth Reich, to limit you to limit your success, your mobility, your freedom itself, and now even your existence. It's disgraceful. Bob, Buffalo Grove. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, uh, Sean. Um, Question for the audience. I heard um, Biden say that uh, the 100-story buildings are tilting because of climate change. Is anybody going to question him on that, um, the engineering aspect of that? Biden is tilting for a variety of yeah. different reasons. Bob, you're it's a smart guy. I happen, I happen to know I you. Ju- it's just amazing what comes out of his mouth and that uh, nobody bothers to challenge him on uh, the uh, insanity. What's amazing is what comes out of all of their mouths, what we see in our very eyes as the corruption and the corporatism and the fraud that they practice in the name of the ordinary man who pays the fee and pays the tax. What's disgusting is that for some reason we can't mount a fight back that is good enough to make it stop. And all we can do is hope to God we just get enough time before they crush us. I don't like this feeling, Bob, because this is a country where the only restraints in it are supposed to be on these idiots, yet they can borrow as much money, they can pay each other off, they can insider trade, they can become billionaires and millionaires, the whole time demonizing billionaires and millionaires. It is a fracking joke. The pun is intended. Thanks for the call, Bob. Tom Sherville. Yeah, Sean, the biggest factor that affects climate is the sun and the Earth's rotation around it. And yet you uh, the politicians, you know, the progressives in Washington, D.C., they're all about the Earth and uh, fossil fuels have nothing to do with climate change. Tom, they, were able, about- they were able to get a Democrat judge like the swindler I had mentioned in the first segment a Democrat political whore in a robe to literally make your exhaling a pollutant that the government somehow can regulate. At that moment, we were done. Now they can put on any atrocity, any abuse of life itself, and that needs to be ripped out by the root. And until Republicans start to talk like that, 
do me a favor, Tom, because I know you're politically active. Don't give a Republican five cents that doesn't work tirelessly and promise to, to rip all of this communism out of our system. All right? I hear you. I'll see you at Freedom Summit. Thank you very much. Uh, Dave Downers Grove. Yeah, sure. Hey, first off, if I'm part of a cult, I really have a cult in a, in a cult that thinks America first. Are you part of a cult? Do you hang on to Do you hang on to metal rods and then confess all of your sins and then pay somebody exorbitant amounts of money? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right. I, I just, I just want to make sure. I don't like those guys. You know, even though you go in the ocean liner in the middle of the sea, you don't pay taxes. I admire that. Go ahead. I just know Cloud Eyes, their tagline is, we're going to destroy the earth and everyone in it. But anyways, you know, you cut off that Dan, the truck driver. Now, he, what he wanted to say was, if they enforced this vaccine mandate, he wants to warn the public that there are going to be a lot of problems. I drive for a major food chain. They're, they're going to be major problems because everything comes out of truck. It's, it, 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 it's what makes the world go wrong. I didn't mean to cut him off. I was up against the hard break, Dave. Come on, there are rules here, but go ahead. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no I, I mean, you went, into, you went into regulations in that. You know, yeah. So let me get, get his point out. No, but I, what I wanted, to, go, what I wanted to, to, to articulate to the people, I don't think they understand how much of what the, the government is saying we need has been paid for by truckers, by people who use these facilities, these roads, these bridges, and how that money itself, how much money we're talking about. You, as a trucker, and all of us have been paying trillions of dollars, which local municipalities, county governments, and state governments have been misappropriating and paying their sycophants, their workers, exorbitant amounts of pension money and money, and not doing what they're being paid to do. And every so often, every election cycle, they get to beat us over the head with their own skullduggery. And it's despicable to me. And I'm sitting at a point where when you do this, Dave, a, l- a lady was walking past me on the beach today. She had a baby. And the little baby, he couldn't have been more than the size of your shoe. And all I was thinking about is what kind of world, what kind of America is this kid going to have when these scum are done destroying it? It sickens me, Dave. But you keep driving that truck. And listen, if they go on strike, you just bring it to my driveway. Well, yeah, I got, I, I got an appetite. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Not to mention Macbeth. He'll eat anything. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. What a dimwit confused stare, staggering around like a baby on Jack Daniels. It's disgusting. How in the world did you idiots vote for this buffoon? Every time I think of it, I don't just think of the the Marxists that were always Marxists, or moreover, the the foot soldier to the Democrat mafia. They're always going to vote for whatever lines their pockets. These scum. Scum, never Trumpers. And, And to see them come on the news today, See them come out, or we're going to have to watch their faces like they're some experts. Stephen Hayes, Bill Crystal, Jonah Goldberg. Shut your mouth and crawl back into the hole you came from. You're the ones that did this. You are the ones that did this. And the idea that they're going to come out, I'm watching George P. Bush, as if we didn't have enough Bush in this country. George P. Bush. Well, who's he? Oh, that's Jeb's kid. He's going to be a liaison. You know, his mom is Hispanic, so it's going to be great. And the, how many uh, well-intended people will buy that BS 
and vote for this idiot. Because in our lifetime, we're going to get another Bush as president. It's despicable, disgraceful. I've had enough of it. I really have. These number Trumpers crawl away. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, I don't call these people Democrats anymore. They hate America. They hate American freedom. They hate our way of life. They want to be in charge. They want to basically be just like the communist countries. Yeah. Rule over us. They want us under their feet. They want their feet on our throats. I agree. They all got that socialist, Marxist. Uh, we're going, we're going to blood. commercial, but you do remind me during Friday Features with Sean, I heard there's going to be a new Mighty Mouse reboot. Don't let me forget to talk about that. Uh, and more, because the reality is, this is the moment we have a choice to make. You can buy the tagline that Nancy Pelosi, what she's calling for, is the Bushes to come back in and hold hands with Michelle Obama and continue to march us into servitude and slavery to the agenda of the Fabian Socialists, the Mercedes Marxists, and the rest of the Fourth Reich. Or you could put up a fight now. Macbeth, you're going to love that Mighty Mouse thing. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I like I'm very proud of with my work history is I don't miss days. I, I really don't. If I take a day off, it's because there's a reason. After all, I'm the guy that filled in for Steve Cortez with the vid, never missed a day and changed the tire. Very proud of that. When I do miss, I go to one guy, John Anthony, host of Black and Right, former state of Illinois representative. I don't know how he ever got clean after that. And former Kendall County Sheriff Deputy. John Anthony, how are you, you handsome devil? Hey, what's going on? Uh, you st- you just stole my line, man. Come on, I call you that all the time. <laughs> what's going on, brother? Nothing. Well, I heard you, uh, you uh, you know, I, I, I'm disgusted about the idea of people trapped in these Democrat mafia states. So I've come to the conclusion that you must go to high ground. You must hedge yourself <laughs> financially, suck every dollar out of the house in these blue states and put it in a red state, even if you can't leave, yeah. make your money leave. <laughs> you have a, a solution. I, I, the rumor is, through Misty Callahan, you have another solution other than moving out. I'd like to hear it. Well, we got to win. You know, um, we, we, I'm doing, uh, we're doing something called Freedom Initiative uh, now right now. Where we're going across. Uh, right now we're in, we're in the, um, the Palatine, Arlington Heights, Romeo, um, Rolling Meadows area, we're doing events, and we're bringing some big name people to to push back beyond and past the the media, you know, their perspective and what they think should happen um, in the state of Illinois. Uh, we, we 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 really believe, and you, I know you talk about me a lot, but I'm not I, I'm not naive. I'm not that naive to, to to realize that Illinois is in a really bad shape. So we are really trying to shake that up and really bring in some messengers. To, to, to really bring, because Sean, these events that we're doing, I mean, we, we, we're having five, 600 people show up. And they're not just Republicans. They're Democrats. They're independents. People who are fed up and tired with Illinois politics. So Freedom Initiative Now is something that we're pushing. And we have been really seeing the fruits of our labor 
uh, as far as people that are just fed up with the corruption. Uh, I hear you every every time I listen to the show. I'm hearing you talk about just how how corrupt this state is in both mm-hmm. parties. You know, so you let know, me. So what we're trying. To, go ahead. Let me push back a little bit because you know that's what I do. Right? You know, I'm not a go along to get along guy. I know. Um, I was informed this week by a very dear friend of mine who was invited by a Republican to a fundraiser. So my buddy, uh-huh. big time Republican, he loves to go and, you know, he, he doesn't listen to me. He goes and he writes the check or whatever. So he goes, he's got his little check in his suit jacket. He's all dolled up, walks <laughs> in. And it's a Republican throwing a fundraiser. Guess who the fundraiser was for? Who? A Democrat. D- Don Harmon. Oh, that's right. He's exactly yeah. the guy that crawled off the Lucky Charm box in the Irish Mafia. Now, here's a guy who is the hub of all of the nonsense, all of the money scams. And an yeah. Illinois Republican threw him a fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, 500 it's people. How many, how many votes could I fit in voter harvesting done by the People's Party of Sololinskyville? Well, I think that's one of the reasons why Larry Larry Elder didn't have a a shot in California. You know what I mean? Um, you know, these people, Sean, let me tell you, I've been behind the curtain. I know how they operate. I know how they think. The backroom deals that, that happen back there, the vote swaps, you know, you say, hey, we'll give you, as Republicans, we'll give you 20 Republicans, uh, but we got a bill that we want to get passed, so we need at least 15, 20 Democrats to come on our side and help us push our, our, our narrative and our agenda. That's what that this that's that's what happens in the state of Illinois. That's what happens in mostly all these blue states where Republicans have never had any real power. It, Republicans have, haven't had real power in the state of Illinois since Lee Daniels. And remember, and, and, everything and, and, and now I know Lee, and the way that I yeah. know him is through a, a friend of mine. He, my buddy's his landlord, and you know, listen, a nice guy, okay, yeah. good hair. Lee Daniels, great hair, <laughs> but a moron. Sorry. Yeah. He's the one who set the table for this kind of control in the state. Most people don't talk about that. But am I wrong and, and in, in that, in that no, accusation? Not. Here's why you're not wrong. Everything that Mike Madigan became was because of Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels set all those out. Everything, that, how, how Mike Madigan ruled with fiat and with an iron fist through his rules and his speakership and, and maintaining the Democrat chairmanship, Lee Daniels taught Mike Madigan and Mike Madigan said he'll never become minority um, leader again. And it was all because of the, the, the shenanigans that Lee Daniels uh, and the rules that Lee Daniels, how he shut out Republicans, how he would, I mean, Democrats, how he would bring bills at late in the games. As, as I told you, they're all the same. They really are all the same. So how so are you going to, you know, so, so, so you got the voter skullduggery. Yeah. You've got Republicans throwing fundraisers for Democrats. You've yeah. got a system in which... Judges are interlocked in investment groups with corrupt, Viagra-addicted aldermen. You've got developers in Winnetka throwing $5,000-a-plate fundraisers for Lori Lightfoot in her 1932 detective costume. Yes. And and you think we can win? I do. I do. Right. You know why? You know why, Sean? Yeah, because you're we're crazy. not missing the. We, no, go ahead. No, we, that, I am that. <laughs> but we're not missing the moment of the message. See, Republicans miss one of the greatest things they always do is they miss the moment of the message. What is the moment of the message today? People think it's masks, it's vaccines, the jabs, and all that. No, the the moment and the message of the, of, of right now 
is that the mama bears and the papa bears have, are fed up. You know why? Because I think I think JB and the, and the, and the likes of him, the, the Republican Party, you know, we got Republican representatives who gave JB Pritzker the idea to, for the mask mandate. When 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 I think the overreach was when they start coming after their children. See, Republicans, you don't see them going after you. They're all quiet. They're, they're like they're, they're quiet like church mice right now. See, and what we're doing, we're we're we're, we're unleashing that rage and anger, and we're going to play the game that they play that they played for decades in the state of Illinois, and we're mm-hmm. we're literally going to break next. I like it, but here's here's the game I like that they play. They have been organized since Saul Alinsky, since yeah. the Weather Underground, since the American Communist mo- Movement knew that it had the best shot at uh, succeeding and, and subverting American principles through the Democrat Mafia. Yeah. So what they did is they took their constituents, their Mafia members, and their mm-hmm. communists, and they moved them to very strategic areas in the country. Yeah. And they were able to take states that were once red and then make them blue. Versus a state like Illinois, which was always in the mafia. So my congressman is Byron Donalds. Byron Donalds, I've had the pleasure of meeting. When this bill and all this, I call because, you know, I'm down here. I don't want I don't want you already ruined one state. I'm from your future. If you ruin another. Byron Donalds, I called the office. He said, listen, he's we're already on this, man. We're pushing back. That. I talked to three people who I were we were casually looking. I said, they're fighting for you already. I don't yes. have to go to Chewy Garcia, have his cousin right. who can't speak to me in my verbiage tell me, mind your own business, the way, right. the way that Louis, Louis Gutierrez did before him because they've managed to gerrymander Illinois to where you yes. silence Republican votes because you take that pen and you draw it from the ghetto into the only area that could possibly vote Republican and you then nullify the Republicans. So at a certain point, you have to admit the game is rigged. I don't mind gambling, brother, but if those yes. dice are loaded, I'm flipping the table over. Yeah, but Sean, somebody still has to be on in, in, in the trenches fighting. Right. And, you know, we still got to fight. You, even... I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a losing cause. I think it's a. It's a tough fight. But Sean, I'm telling you, when you understand the kitchen table issues that people are, are, are upset about, the heartbeat of of what's really happening to the voter in the state of Illinois. Now, again, election integrity. We got to fight that too. See, that's a whole nother avenue. But that's you know? if, if it was an honest system, I would be right there with you. If it was an yeah. honest system, this is a system yeah. where in my neighborhood. Where, where I still own a piece of property in Elmwood Park, when I would go to vote, I'd see those morons, their union morons there with their SEIU jackets standing five feet from the door on the sidewalk. Here, here, Here's how to vote. Like, I need those morons to tell me how to vote. Yeah. It still goes on. Remember, here's the hope. Here's the hope. Texas used to be blue, too. Don't forget that. Texas was a, a blue state. Remember um, Governor... Uh, was it LBJ Arizona? is from Texas. No. Yeah, yeah. Remember, Texas was a blue state, too. Yeah, and but that's took, when that's took, when Democrats were not Marxists. But yeah, all right, yeah. I like it. You're right. I, yeah. Listen, I so, want to be optimistic. I want you to fight. I still have family there, and I still have young relatives there. I wanted to do all of the things you do, but at a certain point, all I'm just saying, you can do both. You can do both. Yeah. You yeah. can yeah. put up the fight you're doing, and you can you can <laughs> leverage your financial future in other areas. 
And that's all I'm yeah. advocating. My thing is, save your, your children and your children's children. And you do that yeah. through making it so they don't have those same chains that bind them to Illinois. You can do that. Yeah, Sean, really quickly. You know, you know we, the, the biggest group we have in coming to our, our meetings? Immigrants. People who have left Cuba. People who have left Poland. People who have left Venezuela. These countries where... And they, 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 I had a guy last night. He was from Poland. He literally was tears in his eyes saying, we cannot allow America to become what Poland was. Yeah. And he said, I see it everywhere. We had a Russian guy, somebody from Russia. He literally was there in Russia and behind them when it was USSR. And he said, I see what, what my home country happening here right now. And, we, and I, that's why I'm here. He said, I've never been involved in politics. That's who we're opening the eyes and ears of, people that have never been involved in politics. These are the people that are coming out. And we're giving them tools and information and, and, and just education about how to push back and how to fight the, um, the Marxist agenda that's happening, not just in the state of Illinois, but throughout America, even in red states. You and I agree, and you, you've listened to me for a long time. How much heat yeah. did I take? Because I advocate for a, yeah. a well-managed immigration system because I realize the only thing that's going to save this country is the immigrant that's fleeing the hell holes where the Democrat philosophy has already ruined. So yeah. I believe that I believe you and I believe in that. My point to you is to me, to me, I just want to do it from a high ground and a strong position and keep a state red rather than trying to throw a Democrat yeah. mafia state like Illinois that would yeah. elect a Pritzker. And you know the name and the shenanigans that that really implements. That is, is, is something to me. I want to take all those immigrants, that, that Polish guy, that crowd, I want to move them in with me. Come on down here, yeah. I'll find you something. <laughs> That's my point. But I, I, I'm rooting for you because I have relatives that are stuck there, and I still want all yeah. of the good people that listen to our show that are really held hostage because of, of many different reasons that unfortunately yeah. are going to continue to be victims of this Democrat mafia. Yeah, I agree. And we got to channel this anger that's out there right now. Because there's a lot of it right now, Sean. Uh, Sean. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, California is like showing up. I got a bald spot. I know about the anger. I'm angry. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, California didn't see it that way. Uh, I mean, they. I mean, I, I really thought if, 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 if California would have went to Larry Elder or another Republican, I thought that would have been really the spear that would have broke the back of the emperor. Yeah, I, I, I thought that would have been great. I was always, it's the same thing I felt when Biden was running. I'm always believing yeah. the American people. There are more of us than them. The problem is they control the levers of cheat. And I'm yeah. sorry, that's the way I see it. No, and you know, we grew I, up in I the same areas. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. I do. I do. I remember going door to door asking people, are they going to vote? And they didn't vote. Somehow they voted. I remember that 21st Ward, 53rd Precinct. Chicago, I, I grew up in the Daily Machine. My mother was a strong Before, Republican. She died 10 years ago. She's part of the Democrat base. It's, it's, it's not just a joke. It's the truth. It's a scam. It's whole damn thing. It's true. But tell me more about your show now before I got to cut you loose. <laughs> well, we you know, I, my show comes up every Saturday, 1 to 3. Uh, we, you know, I actually interviewed Byron Donalds uh, a couple of months ago. He you tell you about one me? Of the best uh, no, he didn't mention you. Well, you, you know, bring I, me up next time, will you? I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to say White Ice Cube because I heard a lot of people thought you were a black guy. <laughs> I don't. That, that I doesn't bother me at all. I, 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 I never judge people like race. Only the yeah. only the people that want to control the race do that. 
I never did that. Yeah. I'm flattered. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Else. So now let me ask you a I'm question. When you filled in for the show, what did you think? Did you love it? Oh, I loved it. I'm, I loved it. You know, I had to do the the pre-recording for two hours, but I did one hour live. But, um, dude, it was it was, it was was so refreshing and just, you know, I had my inner Sean Thompson come out a few times. Wonderful. Wonderful. I think I scared Dan Bailey a little bit because <laughs> I was like, where the heck are these legislators? Are? You know, yeah. because they're, they, they totally abdicated their responsibility when it comes to J.B. Pritzker and, and a lot of legislative bodies. I got friends in Pennsylvania who are legislators, and they, same thing. I mean, yeah. every blue state is doing the same thing. Michigan. Bullied by a guy that can't do a push-up is not something I ever thought I'd see myself in. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. By the way, can you push up? Can you imagine this guy trying to put his own trousers on? I just want the the assistant, the poor girl, that I hope she just files for that PTSD because whoever is helping him get dressed, that's the one person that deserves money for a traumatic experience. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I love it. And don't get used to filling in. It's my show. I will. I will, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. We'll, We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I got to tell you, I am so proud of this company. I never worked for a company, but I am very proud of Salem. When you think about the the, the people, not just the, the, the talent on, on the mic, but the people that they hire. I'm very, very lucky. I really like that you have so many hosts that even though um, we may have nuanced disagreements, they're done with, with steeped in the American principles that make this country what it is, even though it's corrupted now. We could have disagreements about the way in which to approach issues or policies. But it's refreshing to have a conversation with somebody who you even disagree with, who you know is coming from the position from fighting for freedom and fighting for liberty. I want John Anthony to be 100% right. I want everybody out there who thinks Illinois can be saved to be right. When I look at the situation... When you realize the control, when you go to different areas where you're not treated like a servant, like a slave to the corruption, where you are not knuckled under, but where your freedoms are fought for, it's just an experience I want all of you to have. I really do, because that's what America is supposed to be. To be in a, in a state where the representatives, when you call them to say, please fight against this atrocity, they say, we're on it. It's just something I never lived with, but I've always lived in Illinois. And... um. What I'm terrified about is that we've been so out-strategized where right now 50% of the country are on government welfare, when I know not all 50% want to be, where they're blaming capitalism versus the political corruption that is the Democrat Party and a large part of the Republican Party. It is time to think strategically the way they have strategically undermined the only country built on you and on your freedom. How somehow it is now normal to have corrupt politicians and children tell me about the virtues of a philosophy that has destroyed countries and is responsible for the genocide of hundreds of millions of people. When you factor in all of the atrocities of communists, socialists, of Marxists, it's roughly 180 million people And this is what we're fighting. We're not fighting nuanced disagreements of people who agree with us on the principles of Americanism. We're fighting off tyrants 
and the corrupt frauds of socialism, of communism. This is us versus the Fourth Reich. So I think we have to be smart. And hopefully that conversation, I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. And uh, I'd like to know what everybody's opinion is. Teresa on the north side. Hi, Sean. That was a great interview. It was excellent. Uh, I just wanted to touch on the climate change that you were talking about earlier. Um, You know, I wish people would educate themselves on the planets and the stars. I mean, I can't say this enough to these climate change pushers. Earth is a planet. That's what it is. Read about astronomy. See how all the planets change, how the sun changes, how some stars burn out. Nothing stays the same. I don't believe in climate change. There's weather. And there are so many beautiful things that are are presented as bad. The the benefits to Earth of something like a hurricane that everyone is afraid of, the benefits of it bringing water to areas that wouldn't have water. Now, sometimes is it overwhelmed? Yes, but that's... That's the way it's always been. But the warm air right. that it brings up north. And, you know, that's why I'm a big advocate for Brian Sussman's book, Climate Gate. If you haven't gotten it, get it. Teresa, you will love it. It is fantastic. I'll get I'm it. my second reading of it. And it is just fantastic. And he is a true scientist. Um, and, and, you know, that's how it, it should be. Like John Coleman was a true scientist. And look at how they Yeah, ridiculed. he was great. Look how they discounted this man. He is the creator yeah. of the Weather Channel. He was a scientist before a meteorologist. That's just something he did to pay the bills. He was an actual scientist. Right. And they discount any kind of questioning because that's how you know. They are tyrants. And they're looking for excuses to implement their tyranny. And it's time we fight back. Teresa, thanks for the call. Exactly. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you. And by the way, we've got Friday Features with Sean coming up. I've got some good ones. I've even got a great documentary. We'll take that and more after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right. I'm going to give you my movie and documentary choices, but just so you know, just off the press, you know how I like to look at offthepress.com. North Carolina judge strikes down voter ID law. There you go. Yeah, why verify? Um, I had an excellent movie, a Norwegian movie that I'm telling you, you have to watch it. It's called Riders of Justice. Absolutely loved it. Documentary, American Traitor. It's a true story about a Nazi propagandist who probably now would be elected to Congress. Um, her name is uh, Axis Sally, I believe is how you say her first name, Axis Sally. It's an interesting story. I also watched another one, uh, Prophets Pray. I recommend you watch these. All very, very, very good. Um, but now it's time for you to give me some suggestions, and I am going to go to Dave in Wheaton because I want to watch this. Dave, how are you? Hey, Sean. Uh, the movie I'm recommending, it's in honor of uh, Norm MacDonald, a movie oh, that he liked. But, oh, yeah. Uh, what a loss. Yeah. He he really liked the straight story with Richard Farnsworth, the man who rides a tractor to make amends with his brother. Okay. He's an elderly man. He can't. It's a true story. He can't drive a car. He doesn't have a driver's license, and he takes a tractor and drives from Iowa to Wisconsin to make amends with his dying brother. So, but anyway, 
he had terminal cancer. Richard Farnsworth had terminal cancer when he made the movie. Didn't tell the Academy because he didn't want to get a special any special treatment for his illness. And um, he didn't win, but he was a heck of a, a character actor, stuntman. And Norm Macdonald just brought the world of him for not telling anybody he had cancer. What kind of cancer did, did Norm Macdonald have? Did you find out? No, I haven't found out yet. Um, I was going to recommend another movie too, Sean. Yeah. Um, Orson Welles, uh, one of his favorite movies was a documentary from, I think, 1922. So it's the of the North. Oh, um, yeah. It's very. It, yeah, have you seen that? No, my grandfather used to call me that when I was a kid. I'd walk around the well, house. Me in my too. Underwear. I didn't know what that was about. Yeah. But you he know used what? To call me that. I walk around the house in my a... underwear. He'd either call me Nature Boy or Nanook of the North. Uh, you know, they blame me for being Norwegian. That's why they said I could walk around in my underwear. It's funny now. I can't stand the cold. But these are two very good ones. And I'm going to tell you something, Dave. You know what I do yeah. sometimes since I heard about Norm Macdonald? I did it before, but to watch yeah. Norm Macdonald save interviews. Absolutely. He was the Absolutely. best. And if you watch the, the time he got fired from SNL, and he goes on Letterman. I don't like Letterman, but I liked him here. It was great. So take a look at the YouTube. Norm McDonald. He was the night after he was fired. Yeah, it's, it was Letterman great. Put him on. Yes. That's one of my favorite clips to watch. Thank you, Dave. You got it. Sid, Portage Park. Yeah, hey, Sean. Uh, the name of the documentary is called The Wrecking Crew, and it's a story about the L.A. session musicians who created with Phil Spector The oh, Wall really? of Sound. And The Wrecking Crew was responsible for playing on so many of the mu music that we kind of grew up with that we know from the 60s and 70s, and it's amazing uh, archival footage, and every one of those musicians were the the best in their given uh instrument they were tremendous sid how lucky I'm are we gonna go off the... yeah go ahead how lucky are we to grow up when we did the the 70s uh -oh. the 80s the 90s i mean this is when it was just i mean really we we were truly blessed to grow up during that time period the 70s was fantastic the 80s i mean i, I so enjoyed true. the hell out of myself but go ahead yeah well i'm gonna go off the reservation here i want to recommend a book real quick and uh sure. it's called me the music and the mob and it's a story i just finished it it's a story about tommy james and the shondells who was literally held hostage for his whole career by the uh, organized crime syndicate it's an unbelievably riveting book because who was the singer that was hit in the throat by the mobster you remember that no, I don't. He was hit in the throat in New York. I, I, I can't remember it, but there, there, there is a movie about it. Um, but, yeah, Sid, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Sid. All right, buddy. I've got to be on a couple planes. I'm going to need all this. Dave, Racine, Wisconsin. Greetings. Uh, my on. movie is The Fortune Cookie, 1964. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, directed by Billy Wilder, about a uh, TV cameraman injured during a game and his shyster brother-in-law, played by Walter Matho, uh, cons him into suing the team, even though he's had a like a minor injury, that, a pre-existing condition that can show up on. There's something about Walter Matho that I look at him and I start. I just feel good. I'm in a good mood. I start to laugh just. And it's, it, the great line from there is, uh, with from Walter Matho is, every time they build a better mousetrap, the mice also get smarter. <laughs> I love it, Dave. Thanks so much. 
Uh, I got time for uh, more. Mike, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hey there, Sean. Uh, I got two movies for you. I don't know if you ever saw either one. Uh, I think the, f- the funniest comedy I've ever seen in my life was called Take the Money and Run by Woody Allen. Did you ever see that? I'm not a Woody Allen guy, I, but I will watch it. You know, the whole pedophile thing, and he was creeping me out even before that story broke, but then he married the oh. daughter. I hate to give him five yeah. cents, but I'll, I'll give it a run. Oh, this came out in like 68 or 69 when I was a kid. Yeah, and, when he was uh, developing his long proclivities. Before this... yeah. Pardon? When he was developing his proclivities for children, but go ahead. <laughs> now, the other uh, is a classic you may have seen already. It's a drama with the world's greatest rock and roll, Easy Rider. Have you ever seen it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I have. Bingo! Yeah, you have good it. taste in movies, my man. That's exactly right, Mike. Right. Thank, you. Thank you very much. Have I a good appreciate weekend. it. We'll be back with your calls and comments. If you're on there, stay there. I got, what do I got, two spots open? 312-642-5600. going to have fun. Come on, come on, y'all. I'm upset it's Friday. I love it down here. Gonna do? All right. We don't have a lot of time. we got to blow through these. Kent in Aurora. Yeah. Big night with Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci and Ian Holm. One Fantastic of my favorites. Movie. Oh, you've seen it. That's great. It's a great One movie. of the my favorites. the character acting of Tony Shalhoub yeah. is just beyond belief. He's kind of the... The soup Nazi of the movie. So. It really is. It's one of my favorites, and it reminds me of my grandmother. Thank you very much. Tony Dyer. Yeah, hi. American Factory documentary, I think, on Netflix. I saw this. It's excellent. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. about four years old? I'm not sure. I just seen it the other night, but uh, it was very interesting. It is excellent. Do me a favor. Watch The Smartest Guys in the Room. It's an old one. But fantastic. Tony, you'll love it. Thanks for calling in, brother. Okay. Terry Rogers Park. Hey, uh, hello? Hi. Oh, I thought you, I, it was too silent. Uh, if you want to know how um, America's government got started, see the movie John Adams. It's a seven-part miniseries by HBO starring Get uh, smart. Paul Giamatti and Laura Linney. It's very good acting. It's, he's one of my favorites, and people don't realize how influential. He was in Hollywood for over 50 years. Missed it by that much. He was He's absolutely brilliant, and uh, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. So I have not seen this, Terry, and I am going to watch it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Okay. Yep. Carl Riverside. Hey, Sean, first-time listener. Uh, oh, thanks. Hey, Sean, have you seen um, – I, I saw this just recently. Uh, the Card Counter. Who's in it? I don't know if I don't think I have seen it. Who's uh, in it? Some guy that was in a Star Wars movie that I can't think of his name and Tiffany Haddish and uh, it's, it's actually, really good though. Is it an, is it an old one or a new one? Because it's kind no, of no, no, no. This one. just came out at the uh, theater. It uh, might have been streaming before that, but oh, it's really right, recent. Do you know my cousin and I? I used to love to play cards. I really did, and we used to play in the neighborhood. We had some some wonderful games, and we went to Las Vegas. I was just visiting with him. He lives down here now. And uh, he's like, you know, we could do this. And and that movie had just come out with uh, uh, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. I'm like, no, we, there's no way we could do it. There are professional card counters. So it took us a few days and uh, a couple of credit card bills, and we learned we were, we were really no good at counting cards. But I, I'm looking forward to the movie. Thank you very much, Carl. And thank you very much for listening. And always, I always love the fact that we get listeners. I don't want the listeners that would be part of the Democrat Mafia, though. Don't think I'm here searching for everybody. No. 
They're not good enough for us. That's why I want you to have a Democrat-free weekend and make sure to have a good one. We all have the enemy of time. Don't waste any waiting for a Democrat to tell you it's okay to live. Missed it by that much.